Liverpool striker uh, Danok Sturridi, <laughs> uh, Devaniel Origerich, or Alright, welcome to our latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Jesko. Because that was my weirdest open ever. Just, yeah. Yeah, that's that's about right. To, that's okay. Just trying to feel that one it's out. All right. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> summer is the time to experiment. Sure. Uh, you know, that it's the time for trying new things. Okay. Uh, you know, clubs sign new players. They work out new uh, strategies and formations. We, okay. we, we try new intros. Sure. Well, I, w- I just love uh, n- love starting the day off with both of you giving me weird looks. Well, that's... And I accomplished that's that the way to do it. That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we stopped being on Facebook Live, so yeah. people couldn't see the weird <laughs> looks we gave each other. And all the weird hand motions I would do over my head while sure. sitting down. Sure. But those are fun. Well, Anyways. We'll, we'll get back on Facebook at some point. Sure. Maybe when we're motivated. That's right. So. Uh, we are in the middle of our summer series, just getting started, really. Uh, but we're still looking back as we get started with the summer, to do, doing a position-by-position position recap of what happened during the past season, what it all meant, where we went wrong, where mm-hmm. we went right, and what it all means for next year. Yep. You hopefully have already checked out our goalkeeper episode and our defender episode. I dare say that in the midst of all of the really good discussion about the top players and some of the not so top players mm-hmm. at each of those positions. There was also some good strategy stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you didn't listen through those episodes, you're, you're going to miss out. So make sure that you don't make that mistake today. We're going to take a look at the top 20 forwards. And, uh, and I think we just have to jump right in with a guy that deserves as much attention as we can give him in this type of episode. Sir Harris Kane. The, the golden boot, Brian. That's right. He wanted it more than anybody else. He and did. He, and he proved it. In the last two games, what scored like seven, maybe 10, 9, 12 goals I in the keep, last two games. Uh, you can to say any number right now. Something like that. We're going to do a how to play FPL episode later this summer. Just a general, like, here's how to play Fantasy Premier League. Is that segment following our how to say? How to play how to and play. how to say? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. There might be that. a spinoff there that Interesting. we could do. And one of the things that uh, I'm going to say in that episode, I'll say it here first. Uh, I bought Harry Kane to start last season. He was one of my strikers at the start of last season. And he did not play well at the beginning of the year. Got hurt pretty early in the year as well and was out for several weeks. Uh, Ended up really hampering my entire season, getting off to a pretty rough start. I think it was bottom of the table at the beginning of the year. Uh, He has definitely been a better end-of-year player than start-of-year player. And that kind of happened in the 15-16 season as well. Exactly. And so that motivation, you know, he does he does well in the middle of the year obviously, well enough to to be motivated to go get that golden boot at the end of the year. But I'm gonna, but I'm going to tell you right now, I am not going to own Harry Kane next August, this coming August. I'm I'm not going to do it. I will start with three other forwards on my roster instead. Why why are you so anti-Harris Kane two-time Wembley curse. Two-time golden boot winner, Scott. Are you scared of something? Uh, I'm not scared. 
No, I'm certainly not scared. I'm just I'm I'm looking at what's occurred and I'm not going to let it happen to me again. The guy is not a start of, of the season type of player. He he builds and gets better as the season goes. And I'm going to, you know, use that to my I'm going to own him in April. Okay. Uh, assuming heck, Wembley. Heck, you might even own him in September depending on how mm, things go. I'm really worried about Wembley Stadium. I really am worried. So about hold on. Wembley so Stadium. is it his last two season cold starts that's bothering you or is it the curse of Wembley? Uh, it's 80% slow starts, 20% Wembley, which equals 100% not going to own him. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay. But That's obviously, top, yeah. thank you, yeah. Top top scorer uh, among forwards, uh, you know, because number two, Romelu Lukaku, decided to take the last five weeks off, gosh. Uh, Harry Kane was able to overtake him in the scoring. Anything else before we get to Lukaku that you want to say about Harry Kane? I mean, he was a goal machine. It was actually seven goals in his last two matches. Yeah, I mean, I just, I I feel like there was nothing that was more, uh, just, I feel like it was the, the statement of the season for strikers. Harry Kane just blazing past everybody from February to to May. He's not a fluke anymore. People no. were worried that that would be the case. That's certainly not the case. He is a quality uh, frontline forward on a quality uh, attacking club in Spurs. He is someone that you know. I think I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't look at someone who is going to play FPL next season who starts with Harry Kane. I wouldn't say that that's a dumb thing to do. I would just say you don't listen to the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast that's and right. pay attention to what I'm saying. Mm. But I think Harry Kane, uh, obviously, obviously, is going to be a player that you're going to be interested in. Mm -hmm. he, number one forward throughout the, the league. A very, very successful I will season. not own him, but only because of his slow starts, not because the curse of Wembley, because I don't believe in it. Well, look at the record last All year, right. Dave. Moving right. on. Romelu Lukaku was second. He was extremely ownable for portions of the year. Basically, when you didn't want Harry Kane, you wanted Lukaku. And when you wanted... Lukaku, you didn't want Kane. And that works out pretty well, I think. No, that's true. Uh, but Romelu Lukaku, quality, uh, probably won't play for Everton next year, but for Everton this past season, he was very solid. I didn't believe at all in in, in Big Rom. Uh, but I think most of that going into the start of the season had everything to do with with, with just rumor mill. Uh, the His obvious dissatisfaction with Everton and... Uh, you know all of the all of the discussion of where he would end up, whether he was going to end up at Chelsea. Would Diego Costa leave Chelsea? Uh, you know that a lot of that discussion was already happening between, you know, between May and and August last year. So, ironically, just, it's also happening May to August it's like this deja year. Vu again. It's true. Yeah. You did believe in him the least. You picked him to be twelfth. Yeah, I ranked. I I, mean, I put him way down, but I I think that the thought of that most most of the thought of that was that. Just going somewhere else, being in a little bit more of a competitive, I guess, a competitive goal-scoring situation, and then just thinking that there might be a drop-off, but there wasn't. He's a, he's a stud. Lukaku going to a new team, assuming he's getting better service, assuming whatever team he's going to has better midfielders and wing players uh, better than Everton, uh, he's going to do more on his goal tally I, w I would think if he's as serious as he as he seems about winning trophies and wanting to win the league uh yeah i mean a motivated 
head in the right place, season long, uh, engaged Romelu Lukaku should scare anybody. Any if he's and if he's Any in opponent. a re- if he yeah if he's in a really good place then yeah I w- then I can't imagine it would drop off at yeah. all. Uh, I actually picked Kane one, Lukaku two. I was pretty proud of that. Wow. I got everything. Kudos to you. I got everything yeah. else really wrong, but I do want to highlight the fact. Not everything, but I do want to highlight the how fact. Far, that, how far down did you right. have Ibrahimovic, Scott? Uh, he was eighth. He on still my made list. your top ten. And I got to be honest with you, yeah. I was the closest one. He finished sixth because of his injury, obviously, yeah. which I built into my ranking. Mm. Just didn't happen as early in the season as I thought it would. Everything is so you guys, you, you guys you, picked him. You mind willed him to injury. Thanks a lot. I don't Drew. even feel bad about that. Yeah, well, you should. <laughs> uh, you guys picked him to be second, uh, but again, finished. He might have finished second if he played a full season. Yeah, with I mean, United although, fighting for I mean, the end. I think I think the Manchester United weirdness with Europa League and just kind of just kind of uh, openly tanking the. Premier League season, right. or not tanking. I mean, they still yeah, they still put in some form of effort. You but could argue, though, if he would have been healthy, they wouldn't have been in a position to tank out the rest of the Premier League season. When they stopped playing in the Premier League, when when Jose Mourinho ceased to acknowledge the Premier League's existence, Dave, uh, they were still very much in the fourth place race. Yeah, just a few my points point, out of my four. point being, if Zlatan wouldn't have gotten hurt, they would have even been more in the race their loss against arsenal from that match even just at that match from that match on mathematically they were still they had a better shot at fourth than arsenal did at mm-hmm. that exact point they did yeah. but so when they f- when they got jacquard and and had to quit <laughs> in Mourinho's mind that was a weird spot of the season Mm-hmm. for any of the Manchester United players. And I remember we said at that point in the season two, Zlatan was, uh, he had moved from seemingly essential as far as double match weeks and all of the things that seemed advantageous to Manchester United at that point to own at your own risk. And so, the I mean, the injury just solidified it, but I don't know. I don't know how many more over 17 he would have gotten as far as goals uh, from from towards the end of the season on. They were in it, but their last three games after the Arsenal loss, they had to play at Spurs, Southampton, and Crystal Palace. Would you rather play those games or Celta Vigo at home in Ajax? I mean, clearly words, the Europa League was a cake cupcake route. You see the point, though. Yeah. After the Arsenal sure. loss, like you said, mathematically, you're still in it. Yeah. But it's a little harder. Sure. You need to win two of those three games. And or win the two games in against Celta Vigo and and Ajax, which they were clearly able to do. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Uh, the one absence from this list, and Brian, he picked him to be ninth in your rankings preseason. I picked him seventeenth. Marcus Rashford nowhere in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even rank him. You did not. You, I, you know, I, I think my thinking and yours clearly was the same. Was that you know Rashford would would be able to benefit that that they both be able to play together and both would be yeah. able to see some goals go in. Yeah, definitely. It didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And even whenever, I mean, Rashford showed the same kind of flashes of brilliance, I guess, that he did the previous season, but just didn't get the... He just, just didn't, never got just the opportunity. Didn't, didn't get the pitch time. But I saw that. That's why I didn't rank him. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> um, 
one of the things that uh, well, I don't know where I was going to go with it. I think the I think the it was a lot of optimism too with just Manchester right. United as a, as a as an attacking force as we like to call him Brian that boy Marcus Rashford yeah he I mean he, he finished fifteen sixteen in a great in a fantastic way yeah and and there's a lot of promise for him but just didn't happen this season finish out the jump back up and finish out the top five Costa was third Diego Costa from Chelsea Sergio Aguero sure so fourth Sergio Aguero <laughs> which might surprise some people considering the end of the year we were all uh we were all selling sell 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 and gushing over Gabriel Jesus um fourth is not not bad uh Jermaine Defoe fifth and, and all his suspensions and injuries yeah but you all know the thing wasn't he the most expensive player? Yes. yes and and I never owned him, I don't think. When you're the most expensive player, you better be the highest scorer as mm-hmm. well. Well or else it's not worth it. But it's not like he's making himself the highest player. The Premier League is making him the highest player, and they should have never done that. Well, I'm not accusing him personally you are. of doing you are something. You're personally wrong. attacking him. I'm oh, saying I, you that as a fantasy shade on him saying since you made yourself the most expensive player, you should have <laughs> done what I did? better. Um, did I do that? Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, mediate. By always uh, walking that line I, of no. The point is, he deserved to be the highest player as a fantasy entity because he was the highest player. Yeah, he couldn't be owned. Because he wasn't the highest scorer. And it seemed like he was higher by a lot. And I think that was... was like 12 plus he was at dollar least a, pounds. He was at least a dollar pound <laughs> over Sanchez the entire season. And Sanchez's score was like 40 points more than through anyone else's. Yeah. Through the roof. It was like Suarez's like three years no, ago. No, Sergio Aguero, for all of the struggles and all of the weirdness of benching or not benching, and <clears throat> is he at, at odds with Pep or not, and then Jesus's rise, uh, he ended this this season in yeah. a, a like absolute blaze. It didn't matter what the result of City's matches were. He was scoring a goal yeah. no matter what. That's absolutely the case. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, Jermaine Defoe right behind him in fifth. Probably the best, best value, and on probably and 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 easily my boldest best call. Yeah, you had him sixth in, in a group of bad calls. No, you picked him sixth. Well, I know, but I'm saying, I, I my five six seven was <laughs> Andy Carroll, Jermaine Defoe, and Shane Long, and and listen, yeah. wow. I, I'll say I'll well, tell you, don't leave wow. out number eight. Wow, that and was then, really bad. And then Giroux, <laughs> Giroux eight, yeah, which isn't um, terrible. No, so. I, I know exactly I what I was five. thinking with those three. Here's and I looked at this. Andy Carroll scored nine goals in 2015-2016. Eight of those were from December 2015 to May 2016. Right. He started the season at six and a half pounds. Jermaine Defoe had 15 goals. He was one of the top. He was in the top. Seven of score or of of scores for the for forwards in 2015-16. He matched that this season, and he started the season at seven dollars. Shane Long had ten goals last in 15-16. Nine of those were from December to May. Wow! So, all, and he started at six and a half dollars too. My, I, I, my, the only thought was, where are you going to get that kind of production for that kind of money? It only took. Two or three weeks for Charlie Austin to explode yeah. uh, all of the Shane Long uh, optimism, mm-hmm. and Andy Carroll 
uh, the human groin injury. Didn't start the season with a groin injury, but he started injured. So he didn't play forever. You know, Listen, my best prediction before the season began was putting Andy Carroll's groin ahead of Andy Carroll in my rankings. Brian, no one knows Andy Carroll's groin like Scott Weeby. Listen, I've been following his groin for years. That's what Scott <laughs> is trying to say yeah. clearly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jamie Vardy, Fernando Llorente, and Christian Benteke make up 7, 8, and 9 in the actual rankings. Hey, I put my money where my mouth was, Brian. You see where I got Vardy ranked. I got yep. him ranked. You got Vardy's closest I mean, I had him ranked the at 6. Rank. He yep. ended up 7th. A lot of that was based on his end-of-the-year performance. Well, I just thought that he was going to suck. <laughs> yeah, I was too high on Vardy. Uh, but, he had him fourth. I mean, Vardy, but, let's be honest, he came on at the end of the year. Yeah. He was well, further down this list. I was going to say, from the time he scored, the hat, he scored that hat trick against Manchester City uh, mid, about midway through the season, kind of from that point on, in all, across all competitions... Jamie Vardy, goal scorer, returned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, I mean, what I think he only had a couple. You know, it was like a just a handful of goals for, from the start of the season on. He was just non-existent along with well, everyone else from Leicester it, City. It coincided with the Shakespeare appearance. It really did. When First they got match. rid of Ranieri. First match back, yeah. Shakespeare shows up, and it, it's like... All the guys decide they want to start playing again. It's which almost is such like crap. it's almost like the rumor that Vardy was one of the guys leading the charge to get yeah. Ranieri fired was yeah. was actually true. Yeah, crazily yeah. enough. Uh, you know, as I look at these nine top nine players, what's interesting about them? What strikes me right now as I look at them, none of them, with maybe the exception of Diego Costa, uh, was ownable all season long. They all had moments. They all had spurts during the season. Uh, times when maybe because of injury or just because they were out of form or in the case of Aguero actually got benched, yeah. uh, they could not be owned. You had to capture uh, these points when they were available and you had to play them at the right time to do that. And if you did, it's probably rare that you just grabbed a couple of these guys and just stuck with them the whole year, and it's possible that you did. But if you were able to jump back and forth between them, like you said, Lukaku, Kane, mm-hmm. um, you know, Big Defoe. Points. You probably you might have had Defoe on your lineup most year because he was so cheap. Most people probably did. You know where I really screwed up, Ryan? You, um, you mentioned those three guys kind of yeah. bunched together. You want to hear my 8, 9, and 10? Mm. Sturridge, Igholo, and Shane Long. You're, you're Brian Shane Long. And obviously you couldn't have predicted Odie and Igholo getting sold like he was. No, you know? but I could have predicted the fact that Daniel Sturridge, who's made of glass, would have never even come close to being in the top 10. I mean, that was like that might be my dumbest call ever is ranking him at all at this point. Who? I think Igalo? what's Daniel Sturridge. Oh, Daniel. I think what's surprising though is that in spite of uh, being ahead of Sturridge on the forward pecking order for Liverpool Divock Origi only finished 16th on this list. Uh, you know, the, the the bottom half of this list is is really interesting. It, it, at no point do I did I look at these names during the season and think, oh, I've got to have these guys, except for maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah, here that's and true. there. Now, the name that shocks me the most is Alvaro Negredo okay. at number 10. No kidding, right? I didn't see that coming. Think about so he was playing on a team that scored the least amount of goals all season, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Almost a record number of low number of goals as mm-hmm. a club. He got zero service, and he still was able to squeak out 10th place on the striker list. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's probably not someone. I, we, I never owned him. You probably never owned him. No. Um, I made fun of people for owning him. He, but <laughs> I, it's amazing. It is amazing is. that he ended up there. It's true. And the guy who ended up two spots ahead of him, Lorente, was someone who. I owned him. I know you did. I know you did. I was just surprised to see him so high on the list. It's true. Absolutely true. Hey, if I had told you before the season started, and I know that the answer I know what the answer is because I see your preseason rankings right now in front of me. If I told you before <laughs> the season started that, hey, there'd be three def- uh, three forwards from one club in the top 20, would you have thought that that club would be Burnley? No. No. <laughs> no. We lamented the fact that they seemed to play. They always played 4-4-2. And they always rotated. Mm-hmm. It was like a constant, like one, two, three rotation. One, two, three, two, three, one, three, one, two, one, two. Like it just was a constant rotation. I mean, it worked in the sense that all three of them got into the top 20 at the end of the season, but it didn't work for owning them at any point in the season. No, it, it made them unownable. Yeah. But if you add all their stats collectively, Brian, you need to have a good striker. Mm-hmm. That's that, it. I, sometimes you like to refer to that one striker's I name. I like as, to refer to the to the amazing Liverpool striker, uh, Danok Sturigi, <laughs> uh, Devaniel uh, Origeridge. <laughs> or Origeridge. <laughs> uh, no, if you could combine a couple of those guys into one consistent starter, uh, you would ha- you'd be really happy. And, and we're but talking there about Brooks, no- Gray, and Ashley Barnes. Right, Ashley Barnes. I feel like had uh, had a few games where you you might think about it. I own St- Sam Vokes uh, at the very end of the season, which you could do. He was he was in he form was yeah. starting. The last he was three very weeks. much yep. in form. And and Andre Gray, whenever he looked good, Andre Gray looked unbeatable. And then uh, and then he didn't. I always just felt like. He would just never got the starts. Like if he just if Gray just had enough starts, he would have his numbers would have been better. But he just kept getting the rug pulled out from underneath him. And we highlighted Burnley when the season started because they were a promoted club. We talked about them in their goalkeeper episode since Tom Heaton was number one among goalkeepers as well. And when we highlighted Burnley, one of the things that we had to point out because it was so it was so in your face when you looked at Burnley's results in the championship. 15, 16 season, Andre Gray scored a ton of goals. We all accounted for that. We put him in the bottom half of our rankings. Every single one of us did. Mm-hmm. You had him at 18, Brian. Dave had him. You had him at 20. Actually, I didn't rank him at all. I didn't rank a single Burnley forward. Now shame that I'm on you, Scott. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> no shame. belief whatsoever. But uh, not in Burnley as a club. I did not. I mean, why would you? All defense, no Where no Burnley finished? I know. On the table or 13th? Uh, something like that. You didn't they believe a, in... Sean Deich. I do now. I know. I do now. The hey. question is, can he do it again? I, I don't know. Sophomore slump is is a thing. My biggest miss, I think, was Olivier Giroux. I had him ranked number five. I put him four. Now, I think, in fairness, if there was only some way that I could have found this out, his points per minute, mm. I think, were probably high. Super sub. He, he turned... was the first super sub of the season. And it just... I don't know. It makes me wonder what would have happened if if he would have gotten more minutes. He, I still continue to believe he's a good player. One I still, reason or another, that's, I still, just, that's just how it played out. I think Arsenal finished. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just Arsenal finished fifth. 
You know what's funny is during this, I'm stopping myself because I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm realizing to... I'm realizing what I'm doing here. All season long, I said Wenger's not the problem. Alexis is the problem. Right. I said that all year long. Sure. And I still think that's the case. Um, I think Arsenal could get better if they sell Alexis Sanchez and use that money wisely. I really do. However, now, like I said this, I said this in our last defender episode, and now I'm saying it here with the forwards. I. I just keep looking back now in our season recap and saying, "Oh, Finger did he did a lot wrong. He did a lot. He waited too long to go to three four three. If he had done it one match sooner, Arsenal might be fourth. We said that last in the defender episode. Now, you know, Drew, why didn't he play more? There were there were matches where Arsenal needed more goals, and Drew just didn't get enough minutes to put the back the ball in the back of the net. You know who they needed? Danivier." Jarrell Beck. <laughs> I like it. Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck Danny doesn't Welbeck, score goals. Well, but Danny Welbeck, Danny Welbeck came back. He provides a presence Danny Welbeck, on that front line. It's just like, yeah, it's just yeah, like okay. against sure. Chelsea sure. in the FA Cup final. Hey, you know those people who are constantly busy? Like they can't, like they're just always so busy. They, they, they never know where their time goes. They're just constantly That's doing Welbeck, stuff. But it? then at the end of the day, they have no idea what it was that they did. There's no productivity to go with that. That's all Welbeck, that activity. That is Danny Welbeck. I hate that. To a I hate. I hate that you're probably right about this. Is he anywhere near the top twenty? No. But Olivier Giroud is. I know. And and you know what happened? Like in the FA Cup final, you know who's pass who passed it to Ramsey for that second goal? Tell me. Is Giroud? Yeah. So it's it's after he came in for who? Welbeck. Yeah. I know. So I know. So it's really interesting. Welbeck. Uh, one of our friends, Joey, swears that Drew should be starting every game. He should. I and, agree. And I I don't disagree. Look, Sanchez started up front for a while. Yes. And and that was the deal. That's why Drew did it. That's it wasn't Welbeck because Welbeck was hurt, right? Yeah. yeah. And that but happens too. Serious, He's either hurt. seriously hurt, but. Giroud we just recently played for the France national team. Yeah, and he was still scoring against he Paraguay. Scored a hat so trick, it's like yeah. I listen, he is a Premier League starter. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure why you can't put him and Sanchez both in there together and play and be successful. Wenger's getting Wenger's getting it wrong. Uh just some random folks I think you know what might have been uh, a list of what might have been here. Troy Deeney at 11. Solomon Rondon, Brian's boy at 13. Oh, he loves that. Yeah, I got him exactly right because I know him. (laughs) (laughs) Venicophobia at 17. Interestingly, forward is probably the worst position for Bournemouth uh, as a club. Charlie Daniels, we mentioned, he was top 10 defender. That's because Josh King, who kind of listed as a midfielder, but for the most part, played striker. We will address him. But sad for Callum Wilson in that. In, in that this part of the discussion because I think we all obviously liked Callum Wilson. Right. He just can't uh, stay healthy. This but, is two years but, in a row. Yeah, but this is yeah, it just stinks because because of how successful Benicophobia was. Callum Wilson had six goals when he got hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he was. It's not like he was doing nothing. Right. No. No. I agree. I mean, it was. I mean, obviously that's sporadic because he got hurt in February, but still, like. He finishes the season. If he does anything close to what Afobi was doing at the end of the year, Josh King and Benic Afobi together played really were well. Easily, both you could. I owned both of them at the same time. Yeah. At at points, and then Afobi got hurt. You know, it's kind of to end the year, and it was the Josh King show from uh, from February to May. Yeah. 
And then at number 20, there was Peter Crouch. Crazy. Really only owned him for about three weeks, right? And then There was a moment. He was like $4.6 billion. Yeah, he was the cheapest starter for striker of uh, kind of of anyone that was playing. And, you and he was scoring a goal a week. And you could have gotten away with playing him for about three or four weeks and just stolen money during that time. That's right. Yeah, well. Hey, my my guys that I ranked that didn't even finish in the top 20. Scott, you ready for this? Sure. Daniel Sturridge, Ighalo, Shane Long, Callum Wilson, Andy Carroll, Saeed Barahippo, and Connor Wickham. Those are my biggest Listen, misses. They didn't even finish, and I ranked them. If you had known Connor Wickham wouldn't play in April and May, you know, you wouldn't have ranked him, <laughs> but you couldn't have known. That's the only time I he scores. I thought he was starting... Starting striker. I was wrong. Yeah, Ben Teke got that instead, and he ended up getting ranked. Uh, I would say, you know, the first name that on my list that jumps out to me, uh, Daniel Sturridge, obviously, at five, and then six. I really thought Mishi Batshuayi would, would put something oh, together. Yeah. That was a big miss on my part. You love to call him Bats. Bats. Uh, you know what? Interestingly, though, he showed he showed in the last two matches when he actually got to play why I ranked him, where I did. Three goals in his last two matches in the Premier League. Uh, you know, he has the quality. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I doubt he's at Chelsea next season. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're him, you should have known this going there that you, you weren't going to play. So I don't know, though. I mean, you, it's not crazy to think Chelsea That's, might play I, two forwards. I don't understand players who are kind of coming into their prime, going to a club and then not playing. and Or going to a club. John Stones. What? John Stones or or now you know Gabriel Jesus might be an exception, right? But I mean, how many times have we seen players go to clubs, go to bigger clubs, and then they just don't play? Ashley Young, you know, and it's just like, oh, what are you doing? You got to regret that, anyways. I wonder Big if himself. I wonder if Manchester City will loan out Kalechi and Nacho. I think they'll sell him. You want them to I do think, it to West Ham? Well, look, I would like them. Yeah, I would like to see him play. Inacho, because Rashford. Maybe not Rashford, but maybe are, are types of guys that can go to a little bit smaller clubs and be really, really productive for them and maybe get the time. Rashford early in the year did not get the time. I just wonder if you're wasting those players' times by not loaning them. You're wasting Inacho by not loaning him out, you know? Yeah, but it, what I mean, they're a club. What matters to them is not whether or not a player is wasting his youthful years. It's whether or not as an asset you I can know. contribute well, to your the club. The clubs care about the clubs, not the players. And the players the should players look out for themselves. The players That's right. shouldn't go to these clubs. Stop. Exactly right. Yep. Yep, exactly. Well, we did it. Those are the top 20 forwards. I think we hit just about every one on the list and what we got right, what we got wrong. Uh, clearly, uh, you know not to buy Harry Kane for week one next season. I would agree with that, but only for one of your reasons, <laughs> not both. <laughs> and, uh, and we're all hoping that we see more Olivier Giroud next year. We've got one more position to cover. It's That's it. the biggest one. Midfielders oh, should be good. Block Stay off five tuned. hours for that. <laughs> Don't scare people. Oh, man. No, no, no. Hey, listen. For, uh, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.